Welcome to Punch Bowl. Just gonna edit this out. You're welcome, Punch Punch. Bowl Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop gaming, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 55, the Punch Boarders talk about some recent plays, then do a dual review of Bora Bora and Pillars of the Earth, and then do a look back at Teotihuacan. Hey, everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. I'm Richie. You're looking good. You got a haircut. Oh, I did. (laughs) Boy, the first chance I was able to hop in and get myself a haircut, I was, boom, I was there. Yeah, I hate that feeling. You know, and they were doing really good things. Everybody had to wear a mask, you know, the customers and the, uh, obviously, the hairstylist. Did you take your face shield? uh, (laughs) (laughs) I have gotten quite used to the mask now, so I'm okay now. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's it's okay. It's... uh, it's a necessity, and obviously, hey, it's there to help save life, so it's it's, mm-hmm. it's doable. We can't reuse ours, so for uh, for May the fourth, we drew little uh, Vader and Stormtrooper nice. things on them. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Vader and and Stormtroopers, I keep hearing that a lot of people think that this Star Wars Rebellion is a good game. Oh I, right, I, yeah. Well, because you know, you guys have played it, have you? No, I, I don't like Star Wars. So, so we, okay, but I mean. It's you hard. also it, don't trade in the Mediterranean and you do that. Yeah, but when it has like a brand on it, it's hard for me to play it if I don't care about the brand. Like I would rather play like a generic superhero game than like a Avengers game. Mm-hmm. I understand sense? where he's coming from when the, when everything bills it as Star Wars in a box. You know right, what I mean? Because right. then it's selling the theme there. But it, it's interesting to me because... Um, a lot of people in our Slack channel seem to really like that game, and I have played War of the Ring, which this is almost like the equivalent of that, but I, I haven't played this one. The only thing is, is that I, if I played it, the person that I'd play it with would be my son, and I don't think he could st- sit still for like three hours to play that game. Yeah. I don't know. It just looked like a game that had would do nothing for me, even since, I mean, I like Star Wars enough, at least, you know, like the old Star Wars. But uh, yeah, I I saw that discussion in our Slack. And I mean, people were like, this is a really great game. And I saw Jason Brent was setting it up to play it and seemed like, you know, he was, he really enjoys it. And I think uh, Evan was uh, saying it was a really good, great, great game. I don't know. One of these days, maybe I'm gonna have to give it a try. A lot of people that, that we get along with really well seem to really like that game so the other one though that i've just heard mentioned lately is that outer rim one which they kind of say fixes firefly you know the things that you don't like about firefly i've heard that that's better i don't don't know because you used to be a big firefly fan so i'm i'm curious you know and 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 you're right and firefly was one of the very few games that i think i liked it better because of the theme than the actual game just simply because i love firefly so much but it did kind of grow old for me where i was just like okay this is the same thing i'm doing every single game and it just it got a little old um, in fact, I, I finally got rid of my copy of it and uh, gave it to my friend Brian, who still loves it. So, but, you know, maybe if, you know, there was another game, I mean, I, I'd try the Outer Rim too. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're just, you just want to get your, you just want to get yeah, your this maybe games. because I need 120 games and I'm way behind right now. I, I do. I, I finished the expanse. So let's keep Whoa. it. This, oh, you finished the whole thing. I, I'm through. I'm caught up. I'm wow. through season four. So tell me, cause I'm still in episode three. Do I need a jump ship right now or keep going? Oh no. Here's the thing. I'm working. I'm being paid while I'm watching the expanse. <laughs> so I would think okay. if, that's the, if you can work out some deal like that, go for it. <laughs> If, okay. 
if you're going to watch the show, honestly, I would say you could skip the first two seasons. Whoa, read wow. a synopsis, start in season three. You can maybe even just skip it all, really. Just read <laughs> read a synopsis of what's happening. You did it's not, not that like great. it? It's fine. But I also don't know if it's just because, you know, like Stockholm Syndrome. I don't know. If, uh, I've just been <laughs> watching it for so long now that so, straight through it, I don't know. It's... I don't care. So just oh, so it's just unfortunately. It's, it's one of those shows where you kind of started watching it so then you kind of felt like you had to continue to watch it or but the first 8 episodes are absolute garbage. I will say wow. that. Absolute garbage. You wow. know how you feel right now when you're watching it? Yeah. You're going to feel like that until episode 8 or 9. Wow. I don't I didn't think that. Oh but, yeah. Okay. You can literally start at episode 9 cuz at episode 9 they explain everything with the proto molecule and what he's about to go do. Everything before that does not matter. So are you interested in playing the game more? Because you own The Expanse, don't you? Yes, I, I do want to play the game more. Yeah. Uh, after our one play of it, even that was before I watched the right. show. Sure. If anything, the show probably hurt my <laughs> <laughs> actually wanting to play it. But but I, yes, I did not have the expansion. So I do want to try yeah. out the expansion. Yeah, yes. that expansion looks like it's it's a lot of fun. I just haven't gotten to play with it yet. We should play that because you haven't played it yet. I never did get a chance a to play it. And it reminds me of, of Tammany Hall, but not as mean necessarily. You know, it doesn't okay. feel as mean. Okay. So I, I think I think you might like it. Now you, there are cards that are going to be like this is your event, this is my event, so, stuff like that. I know you'd rather have your own decks, but I, I think it might be interesting yeah, to play. Like oh, so it's more like a Twilight Struggle type of thing where you all draw you draw off the same deck. <laughs> it's or? like a hybrid of of that kind of an, right. an area yeah. control and stuff like that. Yeah, we played it with Jake and Jesse at Origins oh, so yeah. long ago. Yeah, I but. think I was off spending like hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, you're on buying Feudum. Yeah, yeah, you're buying yeah. Feudum. That's right, which I no longer own. Okay. Well, see. <laughs> I have not I have not watched the expanse until they come up with like a way to watch it at 1.7 speed I might not. <laughs> it does move slow like that's so. the thing. it, it kind of crawls along and then the last season so you haven't watched the last season at all no I haven't yet yeah it starts out really good and then it just comes like a, a trap episode uh, where you're just in the same place for a long time ooh, with oh. the same because it sounds like questions. a lot of spoilers I don't like here. that yeah, yeah. Huh. okay well, I, I will say I did listen to our last podcast and actually when I, I listened to you doing at 1.7 speed, it actually made sense. So I probably sounded better than I ever have yeah, before. Yeah. Uh, well, you have been trying to play new games, but you it sounds like you haven't, haven't been able to, basically. Uh, I mean, really, there's not a lot that is, you know, coming out right now and which I guess is good for my pocketbook, but uh, <laughs> haven't haven't really had much new. So I've kind of gone back to some of the the older games that uh, trying to, to get to the table. And I actually finally got a couple more plays of Antiquity under my belt. All right. Nice. Yeah. Now, obviously, Chad, me and you played this, you know, well, it's it'd been a while, I think, since me and you played a couple of games. And I remember the first times I played this game, oh my goodness, I was like, this game is ridiculous. I mean, it's the most punishing game I've ever played. And I think both games, I just eventually was like, uh, well, both my cities are full of graveyards. I think I'm just going to concede now. And it was just like <laughs> not even worth playing, you know? So um, I was a little bit intimidated, I think, to ever go back to it. But here recently, I didn't have anything else to spend money on. So bought myself a you know $100 copy of Antiquity and got it to the table and uh, actually played a couple of two-player games uh, with my uh, eldest son, Mason. And oh boy, really rekindled my love of this game. And real quick overview of the game. I mean, basically you're you're kind of uh, building buildings in a city that have different 
special abilities when you build them. And then you're kind of building out in the countryside, building, you know, like, or, you know, getting a woodcutter to get wood and, you know, uh, getting stone or gold and then fishing in the pond, you know, different things to give you resources. But the really unique thing about this game is at some point you're going to build a cathedral and then you're going to choose a certain saint to basically, uh, I don't know, worship or choose or whatever it is. And that is now your winning condition, which is so unique in a game. I mean, usually, okay, you know what your winning condition is before you start the game. Where in this, it's like, hey, you know, you don't know until you decide. And you actually have like four different ones that you can choose from from different ways to win the game. Or you have a fifth one that you can choose, which says you get all their special abilities because they come with like a, you know, like unlimited storage or, you know, some different things. You can rearrange your buildings, things like that. But if you choose the the last one, I think is Santa Maria, you can have all their abilities, but you have to have two of the winning conditions, which is even tougher. But so we, my, Mason and I played it, and oh my goodness, it was just so much fun. Um, it still had a lot of graves, still had a lot of a pollution that you have to put out. I mean, it is still one of the most punishing games out there. Uh, Richie, I think this is a game you're going to really, really enjoy. When we first played it, I remember uh, we talked about it, and we're like, oh, Richie does not like punishing games. I don't think he'll like this, you know, but I, I do think you would like this one just because the interaction, like you, once you get rolling, yeah, yeah. you feel so great. First of all, when you build up a new city, I mean, that is like the Ooh. height of like accomplishment when you do that. So nice. But also when you do that into another person's space and start stacking graves in their area, basically, or pollution, pollution I guess. Pollution, yeah, you say. put the graves when on you, your own. When, yeah. you, when you stack pollution into their area, that's, I mean, that's kind of the height of interaction. Yeah. But the, the thing you were talking about reminds me of Great Zimbabwe. A little bit, you know, you choose your kind of your winning condition and get a little ability. Well, a little bit, but I mean, in Great Zimbabwe, you're still your goal is to, you know, get to your victory throw point threshold. So it's still, you know, at the beginning of the game, that's what it is. You might get different God powers to help you along or make it more. But in in antiquity, totally, you mean you have all of a sudden you can just be like, OK, this is my best path to victory, whatever, and go for that. Right. So I just find that such an, a unique thing. And so I played, like I said, I played two games with uh, with Mason and actually pulled them both out. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I, I got this game now. I got it licked, right? Well, then I went and I started to teach um, Dan and my friend Brian. And uh, there was a point in the game where all of a sudden I looked down and I was like, okay, this city's going to be for graves because I am screwed. <laughs> I mean, I was just ter- Now, granted, that's a tough game to teach, especially when you're trying to teach two mm. players and then pay attention to your own board. And I just kind of got into a death spiral. So I then all of a sudden I said, okay, I am still, you've got to be on your toes in this game. Otherwise, nice. it can spiral out of control. So, so graves, and for me, it's wood. I'm like paranoid about wood in that game because sometimes you, you can't build anything if you don't have any wood. And if you ran out of, if you chopped down trees and you didn't build anything and you ran out of wood you're yep. screwed you you are you definitely have to make sure that you're keeping uh, because oh boy uh everything takes you know a lot of the buildings takes wood to build mm-hmm. but then uh but yeah you need wood but you've also got to pay attention you need food so that you're not going up in on the plague to get more graves and then you got to make sure that you have somewhere to put all the pollution otherwise your whole land just becomes i mean it is a rough, rough game, but oh boy, I, I like it. Yeah, I tell you, there's only one thing that I was like, "Ugh, this is this is rough." Is it has a million little bitty chits, and they all look exactly the same. I mean, the color palette <laughs> is all exactly the same, right? So you'll you'll never guess what I decided to do. 
What'd you do? I spent $38 on the colorful uh, chits from uh, the geek market. Ah, uh, he blinged Ooh. out a game. He did. He blinged it out. But I remember I, once Clef said, I could, it, it could all just be paper. Yep. It doesn't matter. Right, right. So it sounds like that that's not necessarily the case, nope. is it? I am going to defend myself here and say, though, part of the reason is, is because literally you can look out at the entire board and sometimes you don't know what certain people are because the chits are all the same and you have to put pollution plus guys on top of them. So I am saying this is more of a easier way to see the game as opposed to blinging it out. I, you guys are looking at me like you don't know. I, I do just fine with my copy. I'm just saying. Now it's a $138 game. Woo! Thank goodness I like it. Yeah. That's a good one. So is your son now a splatter fan? I mean, oh, he, he my likes goodness. Oh, Great Zimbabwe, He, he too. loves Great Zimbabwe. He loves Food Chain Magnate. Uh, yeah, he is probably more of a splatter fan than anything else. I mean, he, he loves those games. And... I'll tell you, the next game that I really am looking to get back to the table, unfortunately, I haven't played since Origins, is is Indonesia. I got to oh. get that back yeah, and get that. that really learned. You know, I, I, I'm not a great when somebody else teaches me a game and then I'm I'm not great. I need to really dive into the rule book and really understand it myself to really kind of grasp that one. So I got to get back into that one. I'm looking forward to playing that one for that sure. That was yeah, a hard and, teach anyway because not much sleep and I was trying to focus and listen and I just caught myself nodding a whole bunch of times and not remembering what I heard. <laughs> Wait, so. wait a minute. You were at a con and you didn't get much sleep? That that seems so unusual. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, so that's what I've been playing. Richie, what have, have you gotten anything old, well, new, anything to the table? I did pick up new-ish. Glenmore, I mean, it's new. It's yeah, definitely new. I would say board new. game's new-ish, but yeah. any normal person would be new. And that's uh, <laughs> Glenmore 2 Chronicles. And I've played, I played the original Glenmore a long time ago online kind of like half read the rules started a game and then i think i even abandoned that game at one point so this was kind of my first time really playing the game and i mean for the most part it's actually a pretty simple game all you do on your turn it's a rondell game and all you do on your turns you'll take your your guy your scotsman and you'll move him on the rondell as far as you want you'll take that tile you add that tile to your territory and it will activate itself plus any tiles that are touching it orthogonally or diagonally and you're just generating resources and then converting those resources into points and at the end of each round, and there's four rounds in the game, at the end of each round, there are four different categories that you're going to see who has the most of those in there, and then you'll score some points. And kind of what the, the big draw with the Chronicles is that it has a bunch of expansions. I think nine, if you back the Kickstarter, I think eight is in the base game, but little expansions and modules that you can add on to uh, this game. So, uh, so far, I've played the base game plus the Chronicle 2, which adds the Highlander mountain piece in there. And all that that does is it sits on the rondelle. And in order to go past it, you have to give up some type of resource, either a coin, uh, which coins are points in this game, or if you have any resource, you can you have to put it on there. And then if someone can come and stop on the uh, little mountain and collect all the resources that are on there. So nice thing, one, you're getting the resources that are, that are there, but you're also not adding a tile to your territory because also at the end of the game, and this is one twist as far as scoring goes that I really liked in this, is that at the end of the game, whoever has the least amount of tiles, everyone will compare themselves to that. And then for every tile that you're over them, you lose three points for each tile. 
So you can't just build up this huge territory and because, I mean, obviously you'll, you'll probably run away with it if that wasn't the case where you lose negative points for it. I think that might be my favorite thing about that game. Yeah, they, they, they was really smart how they did that with the scoring. So overall, it was fine. I know, I think, Clef, you've played it. Yeah, I've played it a, a few times. Uh, pretty much, I think I played it at two, three, and four. Mm. I think my only, I like it, and, it, and it's an interesting tile drafting game. I just never felt that... Oh my God, if I don't get to that tile, oh, you know, before somebody else does, I got to jump way up there. I just always felt like, well, if that tile's not there, I'll just go grab that tile. I, I never felt that, oh my goodness, uh, you know, like the like the heaven and ale feeling, like, oh my good, I got to go get that right, tile right, type right. of thing. So uh, it just was an okay game for me. Uh, you know, I feel like if I was to play a tile laying game, I would rather play Isle of Sky because at least I like the the auction part in Isle of Sky that kind of is a interesting, a uh, little bit more interesting, I think, for me for for a tile laying game. But I got you, and I think really the chronicles, and I've been looking at like the different which chronicles are like rated the best and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It seems like that's where it adds a lot of interest into the game. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try a few more of the chronicles before I give like my final judgment. Okay. But even I mean even just that mountain made it a little bit more interesting. That, that as sounds far as like going it. around it. So. Uh, and I only played the the base every single time yeah. that, that I played it. So I would be interested. To yeah, I could and I could see the chronicles. base getting samey because there's mm-hmm. not that many tiles. And you kind of see exactly what they all do, and they yeah. and they're you know A, B, C, and D tiles, so they they're going to come out yeah. at the same times as well. So, Chad, what have you been playing, bud? I have been playing a lot of family favorites lately. Like I I, I think I said last time, I will say I just recently got the uh, Thor deck from Marvel Champions to the table and played a few solo games with that. That's kind of a fun deck. Uh, we I've mentioned it several times on this podcast, but it. It pairs the aggression aspect with the deck, at least the one that comes with with it. Obviously, you can deck build, but he is he's a unique challenge because he uses his hammer throw and that works really well on enemies with lots of minions. However, the the easiest enemy in the game, which is Rhino, I think, as the bad guy, he doesn't have a lot of minions. And so you have to quick, like any aggression deck, you have to quick get out stuff. And Thor doesn't hold up against scheming either. So you can't be your alter ego. You you have to be the hero side of things for most of it. And you have to do big damage as much and as fast as you can. And I kind of found that you needed to aggressively mulligan. There's a good mulligan rule at the beginning of the game and so you can try to get out certain certain cards like Asgard, I think, which which lets you beep up, beef up the attack and also kind of reflip to get more hammer throws and stuff like that. So you can get your tableau out and that will help you with things. But again, it's another fun variant. And so, you know, Finn and I have been have been getting that out and playing Captain America and Thor. And I've, I've really enjoyed my plays of that. Nice. I do want to. I do want to check that out. Still, I I downloaded the tabletop simulator mod for it, and I want to at least just mess around with it. We'll have to check that out because I heard that maybe Asmodee. I know. Yeah, I know they're pulling down. I backed it up already, but I know okay. they're pulling down. <laughs> they are pulling down a bunch of their mods. Yeah. yeah, but maybe we'll do that soon. That would be good. Yeah. Okay, well, now we are going to move on. Uh, so as we've been talking, we have a, a Patreon page. If you have a certain level on Patreon, you're going to get, uh, you have the ability to have your top 10 read on air and scrutinized by us, right? I mean, I mean, sure. That's the yeah, fun part right here. That's yeah, right. That's right. Um, I mean, you don't have to if you don't want to, but, you know, it's that's the fun. So, so we got our next 
patron who we're going to do, which is uh, Corey. And Corey is, uh, well, here's his top 10. You guys ready for it? Let's do yeah, it. Yeah, let's, let's hear it. Okay, so here we go. So I'm going to start off with his number 10. Hey, this might be a game we might be talking about here in a couple of minutes. Bora. Bora. Really? Oh, Corey nice. has I this on his 10 yeah, yeah, favorite game. 10. Wow, okay. All right, yeah, cool. I'm a little bit surprised about that. Uh, some of the ones that missed his top 10, he's actually got his top 20 here. I was, I was a little bit surprised about But All right, number nine, Grand Austria Hotel. Uh, solid that game. Pick. That's, that's good, a good, good pick. Yeah, yep. I really All like right. that game. So far, no scrutiny. No, here, no Corey. scrutiny. No. Nope. We're, we're going to let him survive here. Uh, number eight, code names and he has a little parentheses here all varieties that's an interesting hmm. take because i i do not like the pictures one i just don't like the i just think it i don't know it doesn't it doesn't interest my brain in the same I, way i'll be quite honestly duets the only one that i even play anymore i would say duets my only like i've gotten rid of the rest of them so i only have duet and that's mm. the only way i want to play it duets hard man i know yeah it like is hard it. and it because a lot of times code names gets brought out like at parties yeah and it's not really a party game not like you're, in the sense that you would think yeah no it's everything like down, down, everything down yeah, it gets you know, slow up, yeah once everyone gets comfortable it might pick back up and, but it's not like a raucous game yeah not for the most like part that, yeah no. Uh, no the interesting thing about duet i would say is that you never have like in a game of code names sometimes you'll have somebody go like pimento one <laughs> you know, and you're like, come on, yeah. come no, on, I go for it. You can't do it in duet because you just right. won't have enough time to do it. Right, right. right. All right, number seven, um, great auction game here, The Estates. Ugh, yeah, that's oh, yeah. in my top 10, so they get, get no argument there. All right, good one there. Number six, this one's a little surprising, and I think this has everything. I, th I think he only has played it the first time at uh, the uh, con we went to earlier in January, the ATB con, mm -hmm. and that is Captain Sonar. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, I got kicked out of that game, I believe. I went, <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I I went to go sit down, but someone ra you know filled my seat real quickly. Ooh. But I was fine. I think I went and played Felix the Cat in the Sack oh. instead. Well, sounds better to me than Captain Sonar. I would like to play <laughs> Captain Sonar. I, I, owned I, it. I owned it and then sold it. I have never played it. Uh, it just I, It's hard to... To find a, a group to play that game with. Uh, well, Jake, yeah. our local uh, listener here, he he's a big fan of that game. I know he's he's played a lot. That's I've played with him a couple of times. It just for me, I just I don't know. Is uh, it eight? Just, Is no. that the full? Uh, eight. I believe you can play it with six if okay. you because one person can be both captain and the navigator. Mm, don't right. quote me on that, but something on those lines. But uh, yeah, but I know he had a lot of fun. I remember him talking a lot about how much he enjoyed playing it there. So, I definitely cool. play it. So. I just. Uh, number five is Lagranja. Oh yeah. Uh, so get me and, me and him will play that game a lot together. So yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, number four and this, I know at one point would have been his number one. So it's dropped as number four and that's Twilight Imperium. Oh, wow. Right, and that's yeah. one that you guys have played a lot yeah. as well, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Sure. I mean, a lot were a lot of different house rules. Uh, in fact, he he built a big hexagon thing so that you could mm -hmm. put the map on it and like spin it around and everything, you know. So, yeah. So, we've we've done a lot with that game back this Very cool. been a lot of years. I have, yeah, I have so. my fingers crossed for what I think his number mm -hmm. one is, but we'll. Yeah, okay. I can imagine. All right. All right. We'll keep your fingers crossed. Okay. Number three is Nations. Okay. Which obviously I will definitely not disagree with. That's an amazing game. Once again, another game that I know he's played a lot. 
And that was one that uh, you guys played at like two o'clock in the morning at ATB Con. You guys still finished pretty quickly. It was you yeah, and yeah, me, guys, Corey, and uh, Ryan Brockman. Yeah, was wasn't too bad. Considering yeah, I was impressed, it was like a speed play for you guys. There was yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, at some point, I think like the cleaning crew came in with the vacuum <laughs> you and started cleaning it and out. stuff. And eventually, the manager came in and was like, uh, "Yeah, you guys gotta leave." <laughs> <laughs> so has he ever played through the ages? He has. Okay. And he does not like it either. Uh, at all. Hates it with a passion. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, well, see, I've I finally played through the ages on the app. Yeah. And I played uh, that game recently of Nations with you and Josh. Yeah. And I do prefer Nations. I prefer the player interaction <sighs> in Nations. Yes. Wow. Because there is player interaction. Yeah. I mean, and you're bouncing back and forth as opposed right. to yeah. let somebody take a turn for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. then another person take a turn for 20 minutes. Oh, now it's my turn. Just never understood how somebody can enjoy that in a game. But. Hmm. Now, sorry, once again, mine was just on the app, so that, I mean, it's not the exact same as playing it right, but, in real life. Well, it's going to be worse in real life, because you got to mess with all those cubes and all those things I guess that you got to deal with. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Now, I know a lot of people love Through the Ages, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm sure it is a very good game. It's just, for me, I definitely think Nations is a, is a better game just for me. I'm not even trying to compare them necessarily. Right. I know a lot of people do. But I think just, yeah. so, what some people tend to like is that you can plan because you know what cards are going to come out. So you can plan sure. long term right. for some of that. Right. But, and in Nations, you definitely do not because, right. I mean, there is a big, thick stack of cards. You have no idea. You don't know what the event's going to be. Yeah, It can be a little bit. Uh, you got to be on your toes for sure in that, mm-hmm. in that game. So, all right. Well, moving on anyways. Number two. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Uh, the number one, what's your game on this list, which yeah. is Madeira. Yeah. Um, just another great, amazing game. I've talked a lot about it. And his number one, go ahead and say it, Richie. You're not even looking at the list, but you can probably guess what it is. I, I'm going to guess it was the last game I played with uh, Corey, and that's Root. You are correct. I was a smart say, man. <laughs> I remember when he was, he was offering to help us out at uh, Gen Con, and I was like, Go get root. <laughs> uh, we went to try to get it. Yeah, and yeah. it was sold out by the time we went to get it. No, I know, I know. I, I, I just yep. remember, like, okay, Corey, look, this is the one thing we need you to get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a fantastic game. And, and that night we played three games back to back to back, and it was. I mean, you can't you can't beat it. Well, it's a great you game. Could. It's a game that you, is climbing. You could not play it for that me would as make well. It much better, but okay, yeah. Oh, you know you're uh, coming around <laughs> on it. <laughs> Okay, so there. So what? What do you think? What? What? If we gave that a grade, maybe we should start to grade these like A, B, C, D, and F. What? What do you think? What would we give his? <laughs> I give list? it an A for Ooh. player interaction. Oh, and that's Corey and Spades, that, oh, right? Like for that's sure. absolutely. That, that I mean, I think we could get like Corey likes root. I think we could get him like full tilt in on coin games and and war games if we really wanted to. Be interesting. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. A A plus. Gonna, I didn't hear a game on there I didn't like. I, I got to give it a solid A, too. Now, yeah. granted, this is probably because I have taught him pretty much every game on there except for Root. I would say most of his collection is <laughs> in, on your shelf, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> pretty much, yes. A <laughs> uh, couple of games, I w- just this is way off topic here, but uh, he Deus was one that I thought would make his top 10 because that's a game that I know he's really enjoyed. And uh, Port Royale, we played a lot of Port Royale together, so a couple of just near misses for him. But no, good solid list, Corey. So, all right. If you want to have your top 10 read on the air and critiqued by us, you're welcome to back us at the $10 level on Patreon. But regardless, thank you to everyone that supports us both on Patreon and on social media and as listeners. We appreciate you regardless. All right, fellas. 
Let's jump into our double review. How about that? All right. Ooh. All right. Okay, so Bora Bora is a two to four player game by Stefan Feld, art by Alexander Jung, and it is published by Ravensburger. It lasts approximately 60 to 120 minutes and is played over six rounds. There are three phases in each round. Uh, phase one, you're basically going to roll your three dice. Then in player order, each player is going to place a die on a different action spot. The action spots will allow you to do different things like expand your huts, place out priests on a priest track, hire the services of different men and women tiles, uh, build tiles over wood, stone, and sand, and then the helper action, which kind of gives you action points to do a variety of things. As you place your dice on each action spot, it will let you do a certain action for however the total number of pips that are on your die. Uh, for instance, if you put a five on the helper action, you'd get five action points. However, whenever you place a die on an action, it always must be lower than a previous dice that was there before. Um, after all players have placed their dice, you then move into the second phase, which is where you get to activate your men and or women tiles, which are just going to give you different special abilities. Then after you finish with that, you move on to the third phase, which you're going to go through and do a turn order thing with different tattoos that you get from activating your men um, to figure out who the turn order. Then you're going to score points for the priests on the priest track. Then you're going to be able to buy some jewelry, which is basically just to get points. And then finally, you're going to have an opportunity to complete an objective. And in fact, you have to complete one, whether you get the full points or you get zero points from it. Um, there, so that's a, how, what happens at the end of the round. There are also certain God cards that you're going to be able to use that are going to kind of be rule breakers. Uh, for instance, one of them might let you place a die that doesn't is not lower than a current dice that's on an action spot or might let you do one less uh, requirement to complete an objective, you know, different things like that. So once you get done with the six rounds, you will add up your points, and it's basically just victory points. Whoever has the most victory points is the winner. And there's uh, kind of a rules overview for Bora Bora. I didn't have any, like, fun voice or any kind of fun, like, Cooper dogs That's or anything there. That's probably good. That's a, yeah, yeah, okay. Good Probably thing. everybody's pretty happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Richie, let's start off. Just what, what do you think of the just overall this game? You know, the look, the the play. I mean, kind of just give me a little bit of your thoughts on it. Uh, I mean, art and components are fine. The The board is busy. I mean, the player board is busy. And that was and Jessica, I played this uh, with her a couple weeks ago and she had played it like three years ago before this. And when I brought that board back out, she's like, oh, yeah, I remember this. So like this board is ridiculous <laughs> to look at. Once you actually know what that board is saying, mm -hmm. it's actually a really good reference. Sure. It's just they needed to clean that up somehow. But, yeah, as far as the components go, they're fine. They're just serviceable Euro components. Uh, the overall game, is, it is definitely my second favorite Feld. It could possibly be my first Feld if I got more plays of it because I really like the, the dice placement and the fact that you drop a one on there, you probably screwed somebody unless they have a, a particular guy that allows you to, to sure. mitigate that. Uh, but yeah, I love the dice placement. I love all the different tasks that you can have to, to go through. And it's a game that you really have to focus and you have to get your stuff done 
and make sure that you don't get distracted. I really enjoy it. Like I said, it's, it's definitely my second favorite Feld. Okay. What about you, Chad? Art and components, like most Ravensburger games, is poop. I don't. I don't care for it. It's not as bad as something like Carpe Diem, but it's just not that great. Ooh, shots fired. So, <laughs> so it, it, it's Can't fine. It's just about the Carpe Diem. You thing. know, you know when you when you get a Ravensburger game, you're going to expect it to be substandard. Basically, That's it's one of their most colorful, though. <laughs> yeah, which is well, not like, that hard to achieve, but right, still, right? Uh, okay, thematically, it is very tropical looking. I I do so appreciate what's, that. What's wrong with the components? I mean, what what? I mean, to it's, me, I mean, they're very serviceable. It's a lot just, of thin chits, and it's a very, like, I don't know what you call that, A4 paper material mat, which is pretty thin. Now, it doesn't make it, it's not like Carpe Diem. It's still definitely playable, but it's just one of those things where it's just substandard quality than we're used to now, okay? Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely if you compare it to games yeah, now. Yeah, sure. Yes, I mean, sure. It, and it, I will say- Industry it, standard, it's lower. Yeah, and also the, the big miss in that game is that there's no, they don't give you a bag at all, and you have to mix all those chits randomly right. yeah. and pull them out randomly. So I, I did end up ordering bags so that you could just easily- Pull those chits out. Oh, you mean like for you the men to. and women? For the men and women, for the task tiles. I got a tackle box. I don't. Okay. I don't know what you call those things. I forget. Uh, you know, plano boxes. Yes, thank you. Oh, plano. You I got a plano in there, but it, that has its own drawbacks too because getting the chits out of Forget those that. containers. Know kind of yeah, just get the bags. Boxes. They, yeah, they sell the little nice bags that have board board. If you go on uh, Board Game Geek, there's a one of the geek lists that has the printer studio. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. So moving on from components, I will say. I will say that. Richie's right. The thing that this does best is that the die placement is interesting in that it has both high and low die values have a purpose, have a meaning, are, are, are useful. So if you place a one, you have effectively blocked out anybody from going there, which is awesome. But you've only given yourself one point of whatever you're trying to do. You know, so you've got one action point or you've only got one, you know, you, you only get to pick from one of the of the men and women tiles, like the lowest rung of them, those kinds of things. I will say really quickly, another thing, I don't have this expansion yet, but we were able to play it on Tabletop Simulator. The the other nice thing was that mini expansion that has those special tiles where the orange if, god tiles. Yeah, the orange god tiles. So if you roll uh, at least a, a doubles of a, of a certain number, you're going to get one of those, and that helps you adjust the the pips up or down. So you get a little bit more mitigation of the dice that way, and that's nice to have. Yeah, and if you roll three of a kind, you get two of them. If you don't have that, you roll what you roll, and if you roll three of a kind, you could really get screwed. Yeah. Uh, for sure i and, and quite honestly i mean you could pretty much just add that to your game without even having the expansion you could just yeah just some, some type old, of proxy you know, for like it, yeah. some pennies or something mm. and do it just the same in fact i i think that that's anytime i play it now i think i'll just add that in there because yep. I, I liked that uh variety of being able to move that around what about you so, oh I, I personally think the components are just fine i mean i i don't find anything i think it's very colorful um, it is busy as we talked about the player board is, uh, yeah, you, you don't play that game for a few months and you come back to it, even if you know how to play it. And all of a mm. sudden you're looking at that player board going, what the heck do I do with this thing? You know, where do I put this? But once you know it, I think it is very serviceable. You know, I think the cards are fine, fine enough quality. I don't know. I, I, I find it to be fine. I mean, is it brass, you know, by Roxley? No, but I mean, it's, it's fine, but gameplay this is where this game really shines. And Richie, you said something just a second ago that I think very may well be true. 
I think if I had more plays of this, I think this could compete with Castles of Burgundy to be my favorite Feld because I really like that cat and mouse of, okay, do I go and put a one or a two, you know, on a spot that I know that one of you really needs, but it's not going to give me maybe the best of action, but I could lock you guys out of it. Or do I go throw my six on the helper because I really need to do a whole bunch of stuff. You know, I like that like interaction there. You know, there's that really good, oh crap, I sure hope Chad doesn't put his die on that spot because I really need to go there with my four or whatever it is. And that's the thing that I really like about Euro games. So that really amps it up for me. I, I really like the gameplay in this game. Yeah, and that plus the turn order track, the tattoo track, uh, uh, things like that help with the player interaction. You know, they, they say a lot of standard Euros are multiplayer solitaire, and thankfully that's not this game. No, no. And in fact, then also you have that priest track, Yeah, which is very good too, because if you have the most priests on there, you also get a like a f- extra tile that's a f- like a free wild god token that you can use for any of the gods because we really haven't talked a lot about the gods but those god cards can be huge because they do a lot of uh you know one of them like the red ones kind of because eh, you just score points for whatever fish the you fish use. when you expand yeah it's not the best but like the white one that you can make your die act like a six but still keep it as whatever number it was so you put a one on something and then oh but really it's a six but for everybody else it's a one that's huge the blue one where it lets you put whatever number you want to. And then there's the uh, green one that lets you activate more of your men and women or double them. There's a a lot of those God cards are really fun and good to play. You know, I mean, I I really like that part of the game. They make you feel clever when you can stack them and use them in different ways. Absolutely. And I I like in the game that because like someone starts throwing up all their priests and because as the game goes on, the priests get start kicking out more points at the end of the round. You can't let them run away with that, but at the same time, you only have three actions each turn, yeah. and you have three tasks, and you need to get tasks done, but you you have to make that that decision. You do get that tough decision sometimes, like, okay, do I just bump them out of there yeah. so they're not taking points, or do I focus on what I'm doing and get these tasks done? It, and I think that's another thing that I really like about this game. I remember I was teaching uh, somebody the other day, and they were like, and is there a way for me to get more dice? No. No, you are going to have three actions every round for six rounds and that's it. You've got to make them count. There is no, oh, it gets better and builds or anything as the game goes on. I mean, that is the actions and what you're doing. Uh, What about replayability variability? What did Chad, what do you feel about that for the game? There's a lot in this game because there are different paths to follow. And the nice thing, like we've talked about, is that there's there's management that you have to do. So I could decide, look, I'm going to go in on this strategy where I get all the same kind of man or woman because I get to activate those multiple times. And then maybe I, I use the, the God card that lets me do that times two. And that starts to get really powerful. That's a one strategy you can take, but at the same time, then you got to watch what your opponent's doing. You also have a task tile that you may have. That's what you were left with because your turn order is bad that says, oh, you get uh, points this round for having as many different men and women as possible. And so, you know, you're, you're having to do a lot of management on the spot, which is nice. It's a good it's a good mix of that tactics and strategy. And there are so many different tiles and mixtures of tiles that there 
that's one of the strengths of this game. Right, absolutely. Richie, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's solid. Like Chad said, there's so many different strategies you can go after. And all those men and women tiles, I mean, they're basically like little special powers that will kind of make you individual compared mm-hmm. to everyone else. So yeah, and I I personally have not used all of them. There's ones that have come up and either I'm working on something else or I just don't have time to pick that up. Uh, so it is nice to, to be able to play around with that. With all the different bonuses that you can score at the end of the game, like either having all... 12 of your villages uh, built or having all the men and women filled or altar built or whatever. There's just different avenues that you can go and they all seem pretty viable. Right, right. The only thing you will see every single man and woman tile. Yeah. Every single game. They all because at the end of the round, you're going to clear off the old ones and put new ones out. So there's never a point where you'd be like, oh, man, I'm not going to see that man or woman, no matter what your player count is. Because it's all. And I think there's three of each. Because if you do get the same guy or the same woman when you go into that phase B, Mm -hmm you actually can activate them together. And I remember the last game we were playing, I think I had that one that was giving me two points. I had double of that. Right. And I was just yep. nailing four points every single mm. time, you know, just rocking up the points. So yeah, so you can really uh, manipulate that. The one thing that you don't see ever, all of every time is those objective tiles. And I think Chad was just hitting it there just a second ago. Those objective tiles can be really a pain in the butt sometimes because you will get some that just are, you're like, oh my God, there's just nothing I can do here. And you have to complete an objective every single time. And so that is another thing in this game can be tough sometimes, especially new players. It's like, you've got to do all this other stuff that you're doing, but don't forget about you've got to be able to complete one of these objectives by the end of each round. And at the end of the game, you have an opportunity where you can score all three of them. And those are like, I think they're six points a pop if you can score them. Yeah, without uh, any, without a god. Without a god, yeah. yeah. And so you can get a lot of points off those if you get them rocking. And that's where turn order becomes important because you're looking yeah. and you're noticing mm-hmm. your last in turn order and you're like, please, please don't yeah. take that. Please don't yeah. take that next <laughs> test tile because yeah. I have none that I can finish. Yeah. And I like that turn order changes right before you get to that part as well. That's right. So, so Richie... Because I know that you have been sometimes picky about which felds you like and which you don't. And I'm curious why specifically Bora Bora sits higher than, say, something like a Trajan, which you really don't care for. Trajan, for me, is kind of just a boring bunch of mini games. I'd rather just have a a full game, and this this seems more like a full game to me that is complete and fleshed out. And I would even say actually thematic for a felt. Mm. So you feel like the the theme is really there with this game in particular. I, I, for a felt, that's the key. For a felt, it's actually fairly thematic. You're getting your huts out. You're expanding out on the board. You're getting your huts out, which allows you to take more people into your village, and they come with their own specialties and whatnot there's a little bit of theme there okay richie i always and i still enjoy trajan i don't think it's a bad game and i still like the mancala type of thing of it but you know i start to more and more every day i think i agree more with richie that when i really think about trajan there's it's kind of just to figure out a way just to keep scoring points and scoring points and scoring points and you don't have a lot of interaction and i do think that that's why for me like a bora bora is a little bit you know is, is higher than a trajan because you actually do have a little bit more interaction. I don't, the theme thing, whatever that, I, I don't know if I agree <laughs> or care about that, but um, but I do think that I do like that a little bit better as as an interaction type of thing. I can't disagree. Trajan is, is a little bit more heads down. You're The only thing you're doing is racing out to get things before other people, and Bora Bora has that plus the blocking that you can yeah. do. So, so I, I, 
as far as player interaction, like we've said, this is this is higher than than a lot than at least some other felt. Sure. Okay. Well, I think let's uh, let's go ahead and wrap a bow on this and and do a rating. Richie, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody the Punchboard rating scale? On Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six that could be a game that's possibly in your top ten of all time. Clef. All right, I'll start us off here. This is going to be an absolute solid five. Straight up, no question about it. I really, really enjoy this game. It's a game that I actually want to try to get to the table a little bit more. Um, I always have fun with it. It definitely gives me that good feeling of... Ooh, what do I want to do with this dice? Uh, do I want to play my low one, like I said earlier, or my high one? You know, just that whole thing. I like trying to figure out which men and women to get and try to activate them and, you know, how I can kind of exploit that. Um, I definitely would say I think this is a game that I would prefer always to play with that expansion because I just think it adds just a little bit of dice manipulation into the game that kind of helps out a little bit. So I definitely would suggest with that. But overall, this is a game that I would definitely if you're a Feld fan, you should go and try this game out. If you're kind of lukewarm on Feld, I would even say like, you know, I think Richie would agree with this. It would be possibly a game that you would still want to check out because I think it's a little bit more interactive than most Feld games. And uh, yeah, so solid five straight up. Chad, on to you. So this game has grown on me more and more the more I play it. It's one of those that it wasn't initially in my top tier of Felds. But as I see the interaction and the way that the spots link together, I feel like there is more to explore. It does feel less separate than some of the other Feld games. So I'm gonna give this I'm gonna give this a five. It's not my favorite Feld still, but it has climbed and it, it's gotten up there. So it gets a five from me. What about you, Richie? Uh, it's gonna get a five from me as well. I, this is a game that I want more plays of. Uh, when we were when we did that list where you know games that we want to get back to the table that we hadn't played in like over a year or whatever, uh, this was one of those games for me because I think my last time that I played it outside of the plays that I've gotten this year uh, was in like 2017, and I, I just don't know why it's not getting back to the table. Um, and even Jessica enjoys it, so I'm gonna be pushing to get it back out on the table more. Love the interaction in the game. I love the special powers. Love the having to complete the task at the end of every round. It is a great game. Uh, like Clough said, if you whether you're interested in Felds or not, I think this has a little bit of something for everybody in it. Five for me, five across the board, right? Is that what? Wow. That's correct. All right. Looks like a good one that was picked for us to review. Yeah. Thanks, Punch Punch. So review dose. Review dose is Ken Follett's Pillars of the Earth. It's a two to four player Euro strategy game from Cosmos and Mayfair Games by Michael Renick and Stefan Sadler with art from Michael Menzel that plays in 90 to 120 minutes. So this game is based on the best-selling novel of the same name in which I guess the guy's name is Prior Philip of Kingbridge, recruits master builders to build from the the most glorious cathedral ever seen. So players are master builders and they're competing over six rounds to basically score the most victory points on the way to creating this cathedral in the center of the board. And each round, players take turns with a combination of sort of worker placement and drafting of cards, which 
the cards are a combination of resource gathering actions and craftsmen that do varying levels of resource conversion for points. The spots that are available on the board include one for straight up victory points, extra temporary workers, money, tax exemption, taking of craftsman cards and taking of privilege cards which grant special abilities. The game centers around a unique turn order mechanism where the first player every round is going to draw master builder pawns out of a bag. Each player has three of these. And then players can choose to pay the cost, which is certainly much more expensive if you're drawn, if you're the first drawn for each pawn, or they can choose to pass and to eventually place their pawn for free after everyone else has paid to place. This action gets increasingly less and less expensive as more pawns are drawn out of the bag. But of course, there is the drawback of getting to choose from worker placement spots later in the turn order. That is a brief overview of Kinfallet's Pillars of the Earth. All right, very nice. What'd you think about this game? You've had it for a while, right? I have. I've had this uh, back when it was uh, out of print and very, very hard to get. I traded away to get it because I and probably traded obviously now way too much to try to get it because uh, <laughs> it's obviously easily gettable now. It is a game that when I first got it, I really enjoyed it. I really was uh, thought it was a really interesting game. Um, I like the whole you know you get pulled out early yes you're going to be able to try to get a better action spot but it could cost you more money uh, but if you decide to pass and wait you know it doesn't cost you any money but you're going to get the worst act you know worse action spots uh so I, I i liked that part of it in preparation for this review i did get a chance to play it again and i think my opinion has gone down a little bit on it i i, I didn't find the interaction to be quite as much as what i used to think about it um and quite honestly i started feeling like sometimes the action spots were just not all that exciting and that's even I, I even had a chance to play it uh, six player and used the, the, the expansion. expansion. And, you know, sometimes it's just not all that exciting to put your pawn down on tax exemption. Right. <laughs> or, you know, get two victory points. You know, I mean, not to say that's not important, but the actions just seemed kind of blase almost. It, it was very interesting. I can agree with that because I'll say that the that a lot of the action spaces themselves are bog standard sort of resource conversion or points or, and then, and, and there's a, there's almost a very obvious math to it all. If you, if you're looking under the skin, but I do still like those privilege cards coming out. That's usually where the good decisions sit for me, where some of those really good privilege cards will come out into the, the worker placement spots. And then that's where you're deciding, do I have enough money to spend on this? Cause for me, I've had this game for a long time too. And it was a grail game and uh, you know, it was probably the first grail game because Stephanie really liked the books. And so I wanted to get this to play with her, but I will say that uh, it was one of the first games where money was tight or it felt like money was tight when I played this game. And and so that's where really most of the crux of the decisions come from. Can I afford to wait and sit on this and let somebody else get that really nice card out there? Mm-hmm. That was that's always the big one, because you're right. The rest of the some of the rest of the decisions aren't as exciting. Right. Richie, what, what have you thought of the game? I like it. But like, like Clef said, I think I think this game definitely shows its age a little bit. And as far as like the mechanisms and the the actual actions that you're taking, I love the the master builder pulling out of the bag thing. I think that they did a great job with that. I would love to see that in other games, something like that. And I I played just last night with just Jessica. It's not it's not a good two player game. 
at all. Mm-hmm. You want more people out there. There's a two-player variant that we played with that will block off. We just put blocking pawns out there to block spaces just to make it a little bit tighter. But even then, it's not that great. You really can't... I mean, you can do the expansion with less people than the, the five and six, but obviously, since you're adding a whole nother board and more spaces, you really want more people out there to make sure. that even somewhat interesting. Uh, so it's so it's a game that just not doesn't hit the table much for us in our house just because it's just the two of us that, that are playing games. Right. Uh, maybe when the kids get a little bit older, but obviously then this game is going to be even more dated at that point. But <laughs> <laughs> like I said, that master builder part is the most interesting part. Without that, though, it's it's an okay game. At two players, you're sort of drowning in resources if you don't block that stuff off. I mean, the money is, can still be tight, but otherwise you just, like, you got yeah, resources you, all over. You have to block off the a couple of the cards, too, that come yeah, out. Yeah, you block out some cards, and plus you, you put one less resource card out. Right. To, yeah. So, yeah. And I've, I've even heard of people doing two less, actually. Yeah. I mean, honestly, even with the one less resource card and the, those three spots blocked off, it still it was, felt too wide open. It was very wide open. Yeah. 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 I, like I said, though, even playing six player with all those, I just still felt like I would, you know, I'd have, oh, I've, I'm first. Uh, okay, great. I'll go take two points or I don't know. It just, there wasn't anywhere that I was like, oh my God, I get it there. So even the privileged people started to not seem as great as I remember them being. I mean, I was yeah. still just like, uh, if I get them, I guess it's okay. Well, and even with the expansion, it adds that one spot where you can go to France and you get that card, which allows you to use someone else's yeah. craftsman if, if you don't have it. So. Correct. Yep. It, yeah. It just didn't seem as good as what I thought I used to remember. And I was just, I was, I was a little disappointed in it. I think most people that played it were, they liked it and they enjoyed it, you know, type of thing. But I got to the end of it and just was like, ah, you know, I could, I, I'm honestly, I think the copy is going to go on the sell shelf. I, I just do not see a reason that I would want to pull this out again uh, uh, for me, you know? I mean, how, how did it play at six as far as like time goes? Did it go by, because it usually plays pretty quick, like when you yeah. play at four. Yeah, no, it, I, I didn't have any issue with the time. The, yeah. spe- the speed of the game was not not a problem, in fact, at all. I, that, that would be the only thing that I would think that would probably end up keeping it off of my cell shelf is that it's a six player game that you could knock out faster if you're looking for like a faster euro type game yeah now granted i had my friend Corey acklin in the game and if you want somebody to keep you on track and keep the game moving <laughs> Corey is your guy i mean he'd be all right take your turn do this put the pawn there go right. go you know he had everything i mean it was pretty much just i just let him run the game there after a while so um so that might have helped <laughs> to keep us moving <laughs> so we didn't talk about it but the art and components i think are pretty good for this game actually i mean you build i i know that you, you that giant cathedral yeah you build that <laughs> yeah. and, and it's the silliest uh round turn marker. order round yeah. marker thing <laughs> but gosh darn it it you know it looks really great in the center when it's done and yeah. the art by michael menzel is this is one of those examples where you can still see the spaces very clearly you know and it doesn't obscure from the gameplay and it looks really nice out on the board yeah absolutely i mean the iconography is beautiful in the game no issues whatsoever and yeah, you can't beat that big cathedral and those big old wooden blocks to mm. throw down out there. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. people just want to be first first uh, player just so that they can do that. That is a great board. It's just a nice piece of art out there. So one thing I will say, we didn't talk about it yet, and I'm curious because I, I know nothing about the five to six player expansion. Does it mitigate some of the randomness? Because one thing we didn't talk about really yet is there's a die roll, which determines how much tax you have to pay each round. 
And then there is an event card that comes out. Now, one of the action spaces is immunity to the event card in case it's bad. It can be good, but there's certainly some bad ones. And what I found in that game is through no fault of your own, you could you could just because of what you're doing, you could totally get screwed by an event card or or what even might be more likely just because of the actions that you're doing you might not get to benefit and everybody else around the table does just happenstance because of what they were doing. There's some definite randomness here. And if that gets in your craw, you, you might have a problem with this game. I don't feel like it's super random. The die roll, I don't find is super random because it's all, it's like two to five, I think on that die yeah, two to five bucks. And yeah. so yeah, with the expansion, then there's two spots where you can go to be tax exempt. Well, there's actually five spots you can go to, to be tax exempt. Two of them will give you something like right, the yeah, one yeah, gives you right. a medal and the other one will actually give you the money as opposed to take it away and then there's those other spots and but remember how i said in this especially you're putting out three pawns in that six player game it seemed like inevitably when it would be my third pawn i'd have nowhere else to go but to go be tax exempt so i never even had mm. to worry about that and then the events i mean they can be a little bit swingy but for the most part i mean i never went to be exempt from the event you know and i won the game and so i never had it and there was quite a few bad ones you know but it was just like a it affects everybody but one person who maybe put their thing there. So we're all pretty much like we got the one that you got one less master builder to put out for the round. And, you know, I think we got one that cut down our resources or something, you know, but for the most part, it was all of us that got affected by it. So I, I didn't find that to be terribly swingy, at least it, it, for me, in my opinion. Yeah, I was about to say, I actually think that the events where it's a benefit, but that benefit doesn't really help you or actually We're the bad worse. ones in there. Yeah. Because yeah. you're that's, not getting anything out of it, but everyone else is right. benefiting. Yeah. We're worse because it just depends on what you're doing at the time. Exactly. Yeah. That, and that's kind of what I'm saying. But I, I would I would be interested. I didn't try it this way, but I'd be interested in how it plays if you just see the event before you take the spots and how that might There's affect There's one things. card, one privilege card that allows you to look at the top To look at card. the top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that one. But those come out randomly. So I think yeah, our, I think our person that. came out like next to the last round. Everybody was like, yeah, yep. well, that's pointless now. But yeah. And I think that that, you know, I mean, moving into like kind of variability, I, I don't think you're going to have much variability in this game. Really, how those privilege cards come out and then maybe a little bit of the variability of those events. Yeah, but otherwise, the, the game's pretty straightforward. Yeah, it's just the privilege cards of the characters. Because with the expansion, you all your characters go on whatever, I can't remember what it's called, on the main board. And all the one-time and instant events go on the expansion board. Right, yep. So those, you don't use all of them every game. So that's really it Right. outside of that. Let's talk about final rating then. I think we've kind of... I think we kind of covered the game. Richie, what what was your take on, on this game? What would you give it? I would have actually thought that I would have been higher on this before I went and played it again. And so this has definitely come down a little bit for me over over time. And even I even recently traded a bunch of games to get the expansion, which you cannot find anywhere at a reasonable price, at least. Um, so I would probably I'm in between a three and a four. So that means I'm, I'm dropping down to a three, I think. It's a it's a game that's okay. It's a game that I would play. Like I said, I'd probably just keep it on my shelf. One because I traded a bunch of games for the expansion, and yeah, it, it's a you know a higher player count game that you could you could knock out pretty quickly. So that would be the only reason that would kind of stick around for me at this point. So it's it's going to be a three uh, unless someone really wants that expansion and wants to drop some cash, then it may leave my house. <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, it'd still be a three. <laughs> Just yeah, 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 still a three. I'm saying as far as me keeping it. <laughs> what about you, Chad? So I'm in a similar place with you on this one. I 
I was surprised once I got it out that it did it did feel dated. I remembered loving that bag mechanism, and I, I still do, but it, it's not the entire game. And we have so many great resource conversion games now, and that's what it comes down to. When I think about it, you know, Stephanie and I are going to want to play something by Rosenberg, you know, to kind of get that feel of points and, and that sort of thing. We, we may miss out on that bag mechanism, but there's other stuff to be had there. So... It might stay in my collection just because it was one of the first games I ever acquired by by trade, and I got a pretty dinged up copy, so it's not worth all that much, I don't think. But uh, ultimately, I have to give it a three for a couple of reasons. Number one, it does not scale like Bora Bora does, like we just talked about. Bora Bora plays great from two to four, period. This game, you have to work to make it you know, tighter at two players. And we've already said that. So that dings it for me. And like I said, I think playing with my wife, I think this game is one of those games that you like better if you've read the book too, because those event cards and the, and the privilege cards, they really tell the story of the book. Uh, Strangely enough, the way that they come out and the way that they're used and the reason I think almost that they have those events come up because then it feels like you're you're playing through the book. So I guess maybe if I were really into the source material, I might I might rank it higher. But as it stands, I'm going to give it a three. Finish us up, Cleft. Well, it is eerie how on the same page we are all on tonight. (laughs) I mean, straight up with the Bora Bora onto this because I'm going to say the same thing before I replayed this for this episode. I thought I would give this a much higher rating. You know, I thought maybe a four, you know, I thought that would be around where this would be. And then I got that play in of it. And, you know, and I, I get Richie, what you're kind of saying, how it can kind of be a quick game for that many players. But I mean, I, I don't know if I want to take the time to do that. Why, why not just play ground floor or just play something else that can play five or six players. That is just a much, much better game. And I don't even think I can give this game a three. I, I got to give it a two. I mean, I am, like I said, I'm ready to put it on the sell shelf and I honestly do not have a desire to pull it back out and play it again. So for me, I mean, I'm not miserable playing it by any links of the imagination. No. Okay. I'm still, you know, it's, it's more of a beer and pretzel type of game. You know, I can chat and kind of talk and, and still play it and just and be just fine. But it didn't give me any of those euroy type of tough decisions that i want in a game and and so yeah i because I, i'm kind of on the set i would say i'm between a two and a three and so if we're going by our feeling here if that i got to go the lower number i got to give it a two so that's that's where i'm gonna stand i'm gonna put it at a two all right well pillars of the earth to recap gets a three from richie and chad and a two from clef This week, in Punchboard Previous Plays, we have Teotihuacan. How'd you like that, Michelle? Yeah, Say it again. Just Say, it again. <laughs> Say it again, Chad. Teotihuacan. <laughs> Put that in your ASMR and smoke it. <laughs> so let's look back on this game. Previously, we all gave it fives. Fives? Yeah. So, Richie, where does this game stand with you today? Well, I have not played it since we reviewed it. Really? I've bought the expansion. I've bought both expansions. <laughs> I have an insert for it. <laughs> of course you that, do. That is already yeah, built. Th- that is that actually, means nothing. Yeah. Actually, that was the last time I pulled the game out, was <laughs> building the insert for it. Um, so I, 
I'm excited to try all those things, but obviously it's not hitting the table. And I don't know if I can really lower it because I'm keeping it in the collection. I want to play it. I'm excited to play it. I just haven't played it. So I'm, I'm going to stay at a five. I'm okay. going to stay at a five. I, okay. I think once I get it back out there, especially with the, the player powers and the expansion, I'm still going to be okay, at but a five. I'm, I'm going to question that. I mean, if it's a five, why has it not come back out to the table, especially when you've had new stuff? Because we own so many games. That's, and that's we review thing. games. <laughs> you own so okay, many but, games. Okay, but I'll ask you this. Okay, let me ask you this question. Okay. If, let's say, City of the Big Shoulders or Brass or some, one of these games came out with some sort of new material... Tell me how long it would take to get to the table. Those are also sixes for Richie. Okay. It would get to the table quickly. But even games that I love, it's hard to get them back to the table. Because we play so many games. So you still yes. feel confident. Okay. I was just I was just asking. No, that's curious. a good question. No, no, but you I, have to remember too, you also get way more plays of games, I think, than than both of us. Oh, I'm that's I'm a distant not true. third. He plays he plays a lot with Jessica. I suppose that's I do, true. but still it. It, well, I mean, she doesn't necessarily like when she sees games like this. She she shies away a little bit. I can force her to play it, but she'll shy away a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got <laughs> the, the patio yeah. and the <laughs> just got the approval stripe. Today, and... So yay! <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, but yeah, I'm I'm at a five. I'm excited to to get it back to the table. Okay, okay. Eventually, am I the only one here who's played any of the expansions? No, I have I have played the uh, I've played the expansion twice at least. Okay, so, okay. Yeah, of just the player power ones uh, right i don't know what the other one is the now. new one is technologies which is actually there there's not that much in the box but it's new technologies as well as some other stuff too but the technologies is really the interesting thing because it that kind okay. of that can really change the game a little bit too sure sure okay what was your experience are you going to keep it at a five no, I am going to lower my rating. And the reason I'm going to lower my rating is it is not, I mean, it is not a game that I want to pull out very much. It is very much a game where I'm like, uh, for one thing I found, it is a very solitary type of game. It is very much a move your dice around the table and, you know, just try to maximize and, and kind of do your own thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, sometimes like, oh, there's like a few dice there, so I got to pay Coco, but nobody does that like to try to set up and, and try to stop you or whatever. Or, you know, I might get to a technology for you, so now you have to pay me, you know, I get points for it or something. But there's not like a, you know, blocking or anything like that. I will say this. I think the expansion, this is going to sound crazy because I'm saying I'm lowering my rating overall, but however, I do think the expansion made it a better game, not because of the player powers, but because I like those new boards that they added that gave you a new way to unlock your dice from those temples as opposed to the, you know, just the either doing it or wasting a turn or paying Coco or whatever mm -hmm. it was. I liked those boards. I thought that was much more interesting of a way to do it than the original way. I, I liked that a lot. And I thought the player powers were interesting because not only do they give you a good ability, but they also give you a negative ability. So there were a lot of things I like about it. So it's not like all of a sudden this is going to go down to really bar. I think I'm going to sit it at a four is where I'm going to go. I, I, I think it's a solid game. I think it's a very good game, but I don't feel like it's a game. What I would normally say as a five is a game that I'm really going to want to try to push and t say, hey, to people, let's play it. It's more of a game of if somebody else says, hey, I wouldn't mind playing that. I'll be like, yeah, OK, let's play it but I'm not going to push it. So I feel like a four is really where I should be with this game right now. Chad, what do you think? 
I am kind of in the same camp as you, actually. I like the expansions. I think that the best thing that the first expansion did, honestly, for me, was nerf the temple a little bit the the pyramid building because that that was a, a heavy strategy in the base game and so they kind of messed with that a little bit and i felt like that that helped make things a little bit uh different which was nice and i like the new temple track that's included those sorts of things but we were talking last episode about some warts there's there's a lot of little fiddly bits rules i think in this one and it almost not not totally not but it kind of almost gets to where the juice isn't worth worth the squeeze. It teeters on that a little bit with some things. And we just like we said in our initial review, it is a problem that you don't get a decent player aid that reminds you all these boxes that you have to tick off each turn to remember to do because you have all these things, which those things are there because you, you feel good. Like I get to get this and then I get to do this, but it's something that you got to keep track of and it is a problem for everyone who plays the game the first you know five or six times at least to uh to check off so again this this is something that i'll play for sure but it's just not it's just not gonna be a five for me it's a high four i'm happy i have it i even might do the solo thing again just because i think david turksey's solo stuff is really interesting but it's it's ultimately not going to reach that five level. Okay. Richie stays pat, and uh, Clef R- and I move. Richie down. stays pat without playing it for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that I'm to be announced. I'm still excited to play it though. <laughs> and I and, and, Cle- and, and like you said, the expansion makes it better. So I don't I, I can't lower it if I'm excited to play the expansion. And you said it makes it better. <laughs> well, Clef and I go down to a four. But let's hear what some of our punch bunch had to say when we posted this on the guild at guild 3227 all right uh bryant hudson said i played it a few times the production value for the price is outstanding Mm -hmm. i know the rules very well however i find it nearly impossible to play through a game without missing some rules it is so fiddly so many little minor rules the graphic design on the board could be better to help you remember many of these things i have no wish to purchase an expansion as I already can't keep up with all the minor things as it is. I'd give it a four. I do enjoy the game. I just see how it could have been even better. Also, in the case Zulkin comparison is brought up, it is no Zulkin. Zulkin is still a masterpiece many years later, my number two game of all time. We didn't really much talk about a, a comparison in this game. Because besides it being the same kind of yeah, not, era, I don't find the games to be this you know similar no, in any other way. It's just the fact way. that they said that this was like the spiritual successor. So, yeah, to it, exactly. But, but no, I I would say no. Yeah, I would agree with you, and I I personally would still say I think Zulkin is a better game. Also, maybe not masterpiece number two of all time, but you know, hey, that's for Bryant. All right, so there you go. That's Bryant Hudson. Well, Our friend Joe Farrell had a few things to say. He was a little bit higher on the game, it sounds like. He said, I've got about 20 plays and enjoy the game a lot. It's an interesting and challenging puzzle if you enjoy that type of game. It looks great and you get a lot of bang for your buck. It's massive variability, especially with the expansions, gives it a lot of replay value. Despite how much it has going on, it's a lot easier to teach and to understand than you might think. The board design is a big part of this. I think it does an outstanding job of communicating the details of how each action works. I can understand some of the criticism it gets. It is a low interaction game, and for that reason, it's not my first choice for larger groups as the game can start to drag. 
However, that type of game is great for my wife and I, and it clips along nicely with two players. He also goes on to say how he really enjoys the solo mode that David Turchi has done, and he likes how the turns sort of cascade and you can get monster turns like that, but it is hard to keep track of some of the stuff. It looks like overall Teotihuacan gets a solid five in his book. Nice. And Dean Liggett says, I've enjoyed my plays of Teotihuacan, purchased the expansions, but haven't implemented them yet. I enjoy Euros that involve interaction, but sometimes it is nice to sit down and play a game where you don't have to worry too much about your opponent. My wife likes the pyramid tiles and the non-interaction. If it gets her to play a game, I'm all in for it. I would give it a four, maybe a 4.5. All right, Dean. Well, no no half scores (laughs) here. But otherwise, thank you, everybody, (laughs) for chiming in. We appreciate it. Hey, if you ever want to uh, chime in on our posts, you can always join our guild at Guild 3227. We have a lot of interaction on there, and uh, we we like hanging out. Speaking of our guild... We, you know, it's it's been pretty recently. But I, we have, I think we're out of time. No, I think we have sure, a little. No, we have sure plenty of time. Yeah, what, uh, we have plenty of time. Richie, me, why uh, don't you uh, pull pack, up those draft results? Packs trans humanities on the table. Let's go. <laughs> I don't see anything over there on no, the table well, at the moment. I, that's because I need to put it on the table over there. <laughs> uh, all right, Richie, give us those draft results. All right, so. We had... This was a draft results from last draft time, right? Draft results for a hard-to-teach game. Yeah. Chad had a very respectable 36.4% of the vote. Nice Thank job, you. Chad. Nice job. I had a, a, a more respectable 45.5% of the vote. Oh, all, right. all right. So how much did I get? And all right. Clef came in at the tail end with 18.2% Guys. of the vote. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys obviously don't know what a hard-to-teach game is out there, Punch Punch. What's going on here? Yeah. And oh. so, uh, as your punishment. Oh, left. my goodness. All right. Let me get out the timer here. Uh, now, I'm going to talk about Net Matt Damon for 30 seconds. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's sour grapes there. You be quiet. I actually, want you, I actually want you to defend something that you actually love. Now, Clef, oh. Clef has fantastic taste in games. Oh, And That's I would funny. even say he has fantastic taste in burgers made by pizza joints. Oh, oh very true. Boy. But one thing that he goes out of his way to get especially when he's driving to Origins, is a jack-in-the-box taco. Oh, they're so good. You're going to let him talk about a jack-in-the-box taco? Which is, it's not even real meat. I don't think it's actual beef, right? Oh, no, it's It's, not real. It's not real beef. It's something fake, yeah. There's some bean paste in there. They're like 99 cents. Do you want me to describe this taco real quick? I want you to explain (laughs) to our audience how you could put such trash in your body. Okay, all right. uh, We'll we'll start the timer here pretty soon and justify... Even buying that at all Ready? and putting that anywhere near you. You don't, you don't even right. have to start a Here timer. I'll just, <laughs> go I'll just go. First of all, let me describe a jack-in-the-box taco. Okay, For any of those out there who have never eaten a jack-in-the-box taco. First of all, when they start off, they have like a shell that I'm pretty sure has been sitting out for about three days. Okay, They then put in, I don't know, it's like some ground something. I mean, it's not beef. It's not beef. It's it, bean paste. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is pretty much the most disgusting you thing you could seconds. ever talk about. I don't about. want to hear so, about this after that. <laughs> Then they add in a slice of processed American cheese. I'm going to just keep going. I'm going to ignore him right now. A piece of just like the slight, like almost the government cheese, right? They put that on. They just throw it on top of it. Then they deep fat fry it. And when it comes out, like the middle is just soggy, just like a just soggy, like ick. And then the outside of the shell is all like crispy, right? Then they sprinkle on some three-day-old lettuce and... 
I don't know, maybe like a, I don't know, a sprinkle of cheese or something on there, okay? And they are the most delicious things you okay. can ever mm, put right. into. It is They're so no good. No. It just, the flavors just all that's come together. Like all the disgusting things come together okay, and it's just like, perfect. That's more than a minute. <laughs> it now. is We're good. so amazing. They have all the crunch. Can we cut them off? You yeah, put we'll a little bit okay, of the sauce on right, there. Thanks for listening, I everybody. Tell you, and, <laughs> by the way, this is not the way like that a, you play this game. I get like an eight pack. And they're so good. I'll just eat all eight, eight of them. Pack. Oh. Yeah, I'm just. I, th- I think. I mean, he's the only one that's proud of this. Right. All right. <laughs> that's the thing. But that's I'm going to remind you. I'm going to hey, remind you when he talks about burgers and stuff like that. This is the guy that will eat a Jack in the Box taco, which is like something that fell on the floor. That is true. That is. It is a. It's a big blind. Whatever. Spot you your, know, uh, you love pizza pie burgers, so don't no, even that, try pizza that. Pizza pie burgers are fantastic. That's exactly the right. Best burger by a pizza joint easily. I will admit, Jack in the Box tacos for most people probably are the most disgusting thing that they would ever try to eat but for some reason they just are amazing i would love to hear from the punch bunch out there who has had a jack-in-a-box taco what they think of the jack-in-a-box taco right, yeah i just want to i'm gonna put Regina. it on the guild this I'll is put your it fault. on the guild <laughs> <laughs> all right well punch bunch thank you so much for I've listening <laughs> thanks for listening we are going to do another draft next time don't let richie win because he doesn't know what to do with it hey <laughs> I'm not the one who rolled uh, whatever the high number then went last. And so, <laughs> well, that's clef. I can't. I don't even know what y'all are doing on this podcast. Do, so we will do a draft next time. And according to our our patron Corey, he got to choose. He wants us to draft the best games with a ship in them, an actual play a, piece. actual playing piece yeah of the ship. wooden or, yep. or a miniature or something like that that you can actually move can't, in can't the game. just be a picture of nope. a ship it nope. actually has to be a physical representation physical of yes. a ship all right, all right. Woo, i That's like what it. we're doing until next time punch punch thank you all right everybody have a good night thanks for listening Punchboard Paradise would like to thank our loyal listeners as well as the publishers and designers that have provided review copies. You can find us at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Punchboarders. We are on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise and Facebook at Punchboard Paradise. All right. Well, that sounds great, Chad. Um, so let's. <laughs> sounds Bad so, on the head. so sincere. <laughs> nice job, Chad. Uh, yeah. uh, it sounds like a news anchor who was just asleep. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Uh, now let's look at this, uh, this skiing squirrel. <laughs>